What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time joining, welcome. So happy to have you here. I am sitting down with interesting humans every week, twice a week. I'm releasing an episode to you guys, and I'm just simply trying to present you guys with a different perspective on the world. Perspective is everything, man. I mean, shit, how many times do you just say, like, I just wish I had a different perspective on things? Um, or you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. And that's because you gained some perspective. So that's what I'm here to do is uh, just sit down with interesting humans, have some pretty cool conversations, learn some shit, change my mind, change some other people's minds, and just gain some fucking perspective. All right. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Go to jumbocbd.com today. Check out their full line of products. They have so many. Uh, one of my favorites is by far their uh, CBD Muscle Bomb. It's been game changing. I use it um, after training. It helps with all those bumps and bruises and tight and you know tight areas and sore areas and you know your joints and your muscles it's fucking awesome they also have a cbd um butter oil i think is what the label says on it. i have to go look at it but it is a grass-fed um ghee butter with mct oil and that thing is fucking awesome i add it to my coffee along with the cbd cinnamon spray and it gives me just this nice little concoction of cbd and coffee and cinnamon and it is phenomenal and butter so it's uh like bulletproof coffee right Gets a nice nice healthy fats in there and actually when you add a fat to caffeine the fat will actually help slow down the absorption of the caffeine so you don't get that jitteriness you actually get more of a sustained energy so it's pretty good stuff and uh yeah, that's uh, my little tip to you guys for your coffee. Add some fat, and it will help slow down the absorption of the caffeine if you do have issues with that uh, that jitteriness. Um, go to jumbocbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout. You will save 20% off of your entire order. So, again, they have a full line of products. They have a ghee. They have uh, bombs. They have a muscle bomb and a lip balm. They have sprays. They have drops. You can check it all out. JumboCBD.com, save temp or 20% at checkout with code OUTSIDE. We're also brought to you by my company, Imposed Will. I will, you fill in the blank. The mind is our most powerful asset. I don't care how many hours in the day you have. If you do not have the mental strength and the mental energy and fortitude to get shit done, it will not matter. And that's what we're here to do at Imposed Will. We want to create a community, create a culture, trying to build this so that you know that you're not alone. Because if you're like me, man, there's been so many times where I felt fucking alone. I feel like I'm fucking crazy. Like everybody else is just um, I don't know. I don't know what everybody else is, but I'm not like them. And um, you know, it's it's great to connect with people and to learn that you know I am not alone. And there are a lot of us out there who want to build the life that we want to have, and we want to work hard, and you know, we embrace challenge. So if that's you, then you are 100% a part of this community. And um, come check us out. So go to imposedwill.com. We just launched our apparel line. And uh, you can get some cool-ass gear there. You can also get on the mailing list so you can stay up to date on everything that's happening and everything that is coming in the future.
All right, my guest is one bad motherfucker. I sit down with Steve Berger, a.k.a. the Red Nose Pitbull from back in his fighting days. So Steve is an original pioneer of the MMA game. He's been around for a long time. He's fought all over the world. He's fought a lot of big names before they were big names, when they were just up-and-comers, and and, uh, when they were just hot on the scene, but they didn't have quite the allure that they have today. He was also a part of the very first U.S. televised MMA fight back on UFC 37.5 where he fought Robbie Lawler. So he's been around um, and done a lot of cool shit, and I've known Steve for quite some time just through the MMA scene. And, uh, man, it was just really cool to actually sit down and have a conversation with them. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of stories, and we've talked here and there, but to actually sit down and take an hour and just have a, a you know a conversation was just really cool. And the reason why I started this podcast, so I can sit down and connect with awesome humans like Steve and, you know, all the other people, you know, who's been a guest on the podcast. So without any further ado, ladies and gents, Steve Berger. We are rocking and rolling, Steve Berger. It's that simple, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Great, so great. I appreciate you stopping by. I mean, Absolutely. You just, you just got off work. and yeah, uh, yeah. Came, straight, came straight here. I know, dude. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> dude, you said you're working 12-hour shifts? Man, it's uh, this has been a, a, a hell of a job. I mean, it's been great. Uh, I put in I put in last year for it. When U.S. Steel started opening up, I do asbestos abatement. So basically when these other trades run into asbestos, they need us to come and build containments and remove the stuff. Okay. Get it out. So I put in for the supervisor position. I ended up getting it. And oh, nice. Man, it's been, uh, you know, it's nice having your own program, but it's stressful as hell too. And, of course, whenever you run into these deals with, hey, we need this furnace done in this X amount of time, well, you gotta, you know, you can't say, well, you know, I want, I want this day off and I want that day off, or they'll get somebody else. Yeah, you, know, you so. just gotta work when the work's there. Yeah, so it's pretty rough. Last, uh, last summer I worked three months of seven twelves. That was, that was pretty rough. Holy man. shit, dude. breaks you down. Yeah, and I'm, so. I can only imagine like kind of what the the safety protocol is like trying to work with asbestos. There, well, you know, they've got a really good system. You know, I yeah. mean, to be honest with you, I would rather uh, be doing dealing exactly with the asbestos and be one of these other trades because at least I know what I'm dealing with. I'm going in. I'm building a containment. I have the right mask. You know, they have half half mask and PAPRs and supplied air, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So depending on what I'm dealing with, I'll do that. When I get out of the containment, uh, w- we build these rooms that you'll strip, and that's a dirty room. So you'll strip uh-huh. in the dirty room. Then you'll go into the shower with your mask on. You'll mm-hmm. shower. Then one, you're taking your filters off in the shower, throwing that out. 
and then you walk into a clean room and you put your street clothes on so you're not bringing anything home. Right, yeah. So you don't have to worry about getting checked for mesothelioma. I'm clean. <laughs> I mean, we're good. We're good. I don't got to, like, burn anything when right. you leave. Right, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, dude, that's a hell of a protocol. Yeah. And um, it's funny that, you, I mean, that's kind of what you're in because, like I said, like, a little bit beforehand, um, my girlfriend and I, we just bought a house. So we, uh-huh. we checked out a couple of properties, and some of them definitely probably had asbestos. Right. It's right. just like, fuck, man. So it's, like, in the front of my mind now it, it, it's scary because you know the more like when you're going through all the classes and stuff you find out that it's in all of our lungs because they've been using it you know since they since they've been building america you know yeah. hell, they've, they've had it all the way back to the egyptians they knew about it really it's an excellent fire retardant you know oh. so that's why they're always using it and so like you know hell mike and i we were scraping off roofs all through our 20s you know and, yeah you know come to find out there's tons of that crap in there too, yeah you know so st louis is kind of a hotbed for like chemicals and shit man yeah like <laughs> <laughs> you hear about that st charles that all that nuclear waste yeah whatever, dude. radioactive crap yeah ah, and i think even before then um there was something with either it was either in the water or it was something with, like, the rain clouds. Like, the government yeah. was doing some sort of testing, yeah. like, on the inner city of St. Louis, like, back in the day. Yeah. I, I you know, and I, I hear about all that stuff, and I try and uh, I try and stay away from the controversies, you know, because yeah. I, I don't want to buy into it. But, God, I, I sure hope not. I sure hope that. You hope, yeah. Yeah, I think these were confirmed. I just try to stay, right. like, at least knowledgeable the best that I can. Sure. I mean, absolutely. Dude, it's a it's a rabbit hole if you go down those. Oh, absolutely. It'll take your yeah. whole life life away dude but uh yeah so i'm gonna open this window here for or this sliding glass door i'm sure sorry dude it's a little hot to me no that's all right i'm a i'm a little stuffy here myself yeah let me let me slide this open i think that should hopefully be a little bit better but um yeah man so you've um so you're from st louis right right born and raised born and raised south county right yes Uh and uh Mike was telling me a little bit about it. I mean, you guys were next door neighbors. Right, right. <laughs> what was it like growing up next to that dude? Like, you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he Jesus said you guys. You said you got him in all the fights. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably did. I had a little chip on my shoulder, I guess. But uh, you know, Mike, Mike was always a good guy to get in fights around because you know <laughs> Mike was ten times bigger than everybody and would yeah. just squash it right away. You yeah. Know? If it ever got out of hand. So did you know? pick fights because, like, you knew you had somebody bigger around? Or did you just not give Man, any? Man, I just, just didn't care. You are just like, whatever, I'll fight everybody. You know, I, I had uh, – I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, you know, it's not, not as cool as, like, sometimes stories and stuff. Are. I, I've always had terrible anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of one of those things. You know, I'm older now. I can, I can kind of come to terms with it. But when I was younger – Man, I had this terrible anxiety to the point where it would almost choke me. And it was when I would start to get into it with somebody or something wouldn't go right, it was just easier for me to hit them, you know, and to just go that route because I I could see myself breaking down or crying if I sat there and would talk. So yeah. it, was, it was an easier route for me to just start swinging. And then, you know, after that, you know, of course – Fights being what they are, people start praising you for it. So you start getting the idea that, well, this is the way to handle everything. And, yeah. You know, and so when I was a kid and, you know, even deep into, uh, you know, deep into my 20s, my 30s, everything, I think, uh, you know, I kind of fell into it. And now I, yeah. you know, I try and with my own son, I'm trying to think and trying to rationalize and 
yeah. trying to teach him a little better so he doesn't make some of the same mistakes I did. Yeah. Know? I'm surprised to hear you say that because, like, you have a very calm demeanor. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I, like, I, I mean, try. even though you've been, like, I mean, and I, I could only assume some of that's just because you've been in, like, so many, like, high-stressful situations. Well, and, you know, it is. There's a, there's a thing when you get kind of used to the chaos, if yeah. that makes sense. So, right. So I, I am. I think by nature I'm more mild mannered, but I have a side of me that man, you know, I get I get really riled up. I get real nervous real easy. Yeah. You know, like I said, that anxiety, you know, it's something I'm trying to come to terms with now that I'm older and yeah. that my wife has pointed out to me many, many <laughs> times. So No, dude, that's something you know, I can I can so. totally relate with because right. it's like this this feeling of like when you get in like you start getting into like a heated like word exchange right. uh -huh. to where you feel like it's just going at least for me cuz I kind of feel I kind of deal with this where like I feel like in my mind that it's going to automatically like escalate into like this right. physical situation. Right. So like for me, like I just I feel more comfortable being like physically prepared to fight. Absolutely. So, so like right. I could definitely remember like yeah for whenever I was younger, for me the opposite was I mean I definitely got into some fights growing up, but mm -hmm. it wasn't I wasn't always the first to fight. There's, sure. there's a little period there like I mean when you're young and testosterone is really really high Through and like you want to be like yeah you want to be the cool <laughs> kid because you're just tougher than everybody. But sure. for the most part I would just like shut down and get really really quiet. Sure. So it was just like it was like the opposite effect because instead of like I still wouldn't use my words, I just wouldn't say anything. I would just right. like shell up and just like avoid confrontation. Like because I always tell people all the time, like I'm not a very confrontational person. Right. And I think it's for that same reason. So it's right. funny that you say that because right. it's like in my mind, even though maybe it's not rational, I almost feel like any. Um, any exchange of words can just become this physical confrontation. Sure. Even though most people really don't operate like that, I found. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> just absolutely. A, just as psychos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you, you, you push yourself in that situation. You're like, all right, what am I going to do? You know, yeah. so here goes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, like I said, too, once you get rewarded for it, well, then that's like, okay, well, I'm yeah. going to always do this. Yeah, you that know? makes so, sense. Yeah. Right. So yeah. did you do any sports, like, coming up? or? You know, I wasn't a great athlete. Uh, I played, uh, and, and I really think that it maybe came because uh, of interest. Uh, I wasn't, uh, you know, I played uh, I played baseball up to, like, fifth grade. I played soccer, and I was nothing, you know. It wasn't, wasn't very deal, good. Huh? wasn't my thing. And it's because I look back, I think I did that because my dad played it. My dad was a real good baseball player and a real good basketball player and stuff. So I was trying to make my dad happy and trying to go that route. And then I still remember being a kid, my dad telling me that he boxed for a little while. And I just remember, wow, really? Okay. And then I was real interested in that. Yeah. And so I guess about uh, 17, I guess I went to my first boxing gym. And that's that's where I fell in love with fighting. You know, okay. Because it was funny. I, I wrestled uh, in high school, too. And I was just an okay wrestler. I mm -hmm. wasn't anything great. And the more I look back, like, my, my heart really wasn't in it. You know, I... I think I I was probably you know 500 fight a wrestler uh, in, in high school and my heart just really wasn't in it type deal and then yeah. all of a sudden boom, once I got out and I realized I wasn't going anywhere you know with with scholarships and stuff like some of my friends yeah that's when I started looking and boom I see 
Five. place Gracie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the UFC, I think at about 20 or something, I saw that. So right away I started looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. And I couldn't find it, but I found judo. So I was like, okay, well, that's close to jiu-jitsu. I did my research and stuff. So I went and I started training in judo. Trained about a year and a half, I guess, in judo. And at one point I got thrown and my body landed on my thumb. It snapped my thumb Ooh, completely shit. in half. Ooh, it was yeah. a bad deal. I had to Dude. get surgery and the pins and yeah. all that crap in there. So I was out for however many months. Well, when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I can make a fist again. I'm going to go back to my judo school. I started flipping through the book. And what do I see? I see Rodrigo Vaghi, Hickson, Gracie Black Belt came to town. So I was like, wow, I'm going up there, you know? Yeah. So, I, so at that stage in the game, you had already been boxing for a little while. Yeah, I had um, been boxing for a few years at yeah. that point. And, uh, you know, I had had some high school wrestling, and, and then I would had some judo. Yeah. And, uh, and I went up to Rodrigo, and he just pretzeled me right up. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, young savage straight <laughs> out of Brazil. That's, just like. that's right. I, uh, I drove home crying. I realized I'm not the man who I thought I was. <laughs> you know? Dude, I think a lot of guys so, have had that moment. Right. right? Like, I've been in some fights before. Like, right. I'm super tough. Like, sure. How many guys came into your gym when you had a gym that? Oh. Oh, <laughs> countless, many <laughs> stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to fight UFC, right. Steve. How many right. times you heard that? <laughs> oh, too many. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, okay. Now, I, I just kind of want to, like, maybe stay on the, the boxing for a little bit because you did that for a little while. So, like, did you do, like, Golden Gloves and, like, yeah, I fought uh, I fought Golden Gloves three times. I actually I won one in Kansas City. Oh, nice! And it turned out, you know, yeah, it's it sounds real cool, and I like telling people, but I only fought one guy <laughs> to win the thing, you know. So yeah. it's that's uh, how it know, goes, though. Right, right. The, the legend is all so, that matters. Right, right, absolutely. So uh, the other two times I didn't fare so well, you know. Yeah. There was a, it was a bigger bigger pool here in st louis when i did it and, yeah and i lost but, okay uh, okay so you were just kind of uh it sounds like at that time in your life dude you're just kind of like figuring shit out right right like right, um, without a doubt yeah so were you what were you doing at that time for work just roofing just roofing. i was just yeah yeah i was just roofing i think i started roofing at uh 20 or 21 and yeah you know and that was that was it you that's know, hard was, work though man yeah it was hard work but it was the same thing that i tell everybody the same reason i love my job is the same reason i hate my job because it's hard work <laughs> you know it's just kind <laughs> yeah. of one of those deals like i enjoyed kind of getting up and getting a workout and going after it and then there was mornings where i woke up i was like you gotta be kidding me I yeah do this today you know? yeah it definitely gets old so, it right. definitely gets old but doubt. Yeah, you've done I, you've done your fair share of it, haven't you? I mean, I've had a lot. Of, I've never done like roofing, but I've no. definitely like worked outside. Right. And, and fuck, right. I've worked in factories, and I've had right. a ton of different jobs, man. And I can remember one time as a, it was right after I graduated high school, I got a job um, at ABB, mm-hmm. um, which is a factory. Um, I guess they have a couple, quite a few different locations, but this was in Jefferson City. And uh, my wrestling coach, um, his wife worked at a temp agency, so she got me on. I thought I, I think I was making like eleven or twelve bucks an hour. So I'm, sure. like, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. Like, this is great Good money, money right? dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and man, it was um, it was like definitely hard work, and it was very dirty in that place. Yeah. And I can just remember thinking like it was super dark in there, and I can just remember thinking like. I like like there's nothing wrong with this work like if that's what some people do I actually worked with um one of my buddy's dad who's mm-hmm. who's been there for decades but I was just like man like I don't think I could possibly do this forever Jeez. um yeah. yeah man but you definitely learn a lot 
well, in those situations. You know, I, I highly recommend it to all like those twenty year old guys out 100%, there. One hundred percent, man. That, that wannabe fighters. I think I think like that blue collar strength transfers over real well. Yeah. To what we do, you know, because I mean, I'm not telling you anything new when when you go to wrestle a, a guy who can bench press 250 pounds more than you can, but you step on the mats with him and you pretzel him right up. You're yeah. like, well, here, yeah, you know, I mean, that's show muscle. This is real muscle, bud. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I, th- I, especially at that time in life, like, I mean, like say a lot of young guys, they want to fight. I mean, I mean, yeah, do do get a job that's going to like, there's a lot of benefits to that, like right. mentally and physically. And then like, you're just figuring it out. Like right. I, I kind of went that route where I was still fighting and working full time. And, um, whenever I was fighting, I was still going to school as well. So I don't know if I'd recommend that to too many people to like go to school and figure things out because then it's, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hell that's great. You know, it shows a lot of motivation and a yeah. lot of, a lot of drive on your part. You know, you're trying to tackle everything you wanted to do and that's great if you made it work yeah know, so. yeah i just don't know if it's worth like racking up all those student loans trying to figure out your <laughs> <Yeah>. life <laughs> trying to figure out your life but yeah, well. but i think you made a good point there's just so many benefits especially from like the mental side right do you feel like that really carried over like throughout oh, your with, career just without a doubt you know i mean i i i know like being up on that roof and and that heat just like blistering you and you're sitting there and you're yeah pounding stuff you're so tired and you just well i gotta finish this out the quicker i finish this roof quicker i get out of there well when you're in that fight you know and like you're you're ready to quit you're ready to tap you know and stuff and you just keep thinking all i gotta do is last another minute all i gotta yeah. do you know i can i can push through you know yeah. so do you ever have to cut so weight while you're up there uh on the roof yeah, yeah, yeah i did that a few times too that's no fun that's <laughs> the worst yeah <laughs> oh man you're dead yeah, you're tired yeah, absolutely. you're hungry you're thirsty all right it's already right. hot up there did right. you drink water while you're oh yeah it? yeah absolutely i uh especially you have to i yeah. mean if you're if you're on that that you don't drink as much but if you're on that roof and you're sweating like you know just whatever sweating out a pint every 10 minutes you yeah know, it's like one of those things i gotta put a little back in me or i'm Absolutely. gonna pass out yeah fall off the roof you know yeah dude what kind of things like keep you motivated or like kept you motivated during like those tough like cuts you know starting out uh starting out was was different like the first seven eight years of my career i think i really you know this thing was still kind of still brand new yeah. and i saw a lot of opportunity and stuff and so i stayed motivated because i saw myself making it to the big leagues yeah. and then once you know it was kind of like once I got in there you know and I like oh I made it it was like my nerves that anxiety I was telling you about all just started choking me and I I feel there's there's just so many of my fights that I feel like I didn't perform because I was so mentally yeah. warped you know it just it's embarrassing to admit I feel like I was a mental midget a lot of times in in my fights and I didn't just do what I just told you where, Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm getting beat right now. I need to just keep pushing through. I need to keep fighting. I was almost like I would throw the surrender flag up in my head yeah. you know, at times. And more I look back and think on it, you know, it's, uh, reminds me of that saying, you know, you wasted on the young, you know, you wish you could just go back and strangle that guy and yeah. say, what the hell, just clear your head and do yeah. what you do. And, maybe outcomes would be different. Yeah. You know? So what was the issue? Like, so you get in some of those matches and like, it would just get super chaotic and it would just I, be like, it'd be I had, 
I had kind of, and I, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I had kind of a, a rough deal growing up too. And I had my parents who relied on me for a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a huge burden for me, you know. So it was kind of like one of those things where I thought, man, if I can make this, I can really lift the burden off them and give yeah. them a better deal. And I think I let that choke me to the point, you know. That's and a lot it of was pressure. just. Right. It was just kind of one of those deals where I was like, uh, you know, and then, of course, whenever you would lose, God, the guilt and the, the stupidity yeah. you felt afterwards, you know, it's like, dude, the whole world just came to an end. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, it feels like. it's just it. And, you know, it just it crushes you. And the, and then it was tough. To, it was really tough to get remotivated after that. Yeah, lot too. You know, so. so did you usually have some like layoffs in between? Like if you did come to the just depended, lose, like, man. Loss, you know, like I'd have to look at my record. I fought so much and it was yeah. kind of I got to the point, too. I had, uh, you know, I'm sure the hell you just talked to Mike. I had so much foolish pride. You know, <laughs> if you told me king kong wanted to fight me i was throwing yeah. my gloves on and let's go and You're just like whatever you know and, and people were like come on you had me in the training and in my head i would have that that movie of uh the the good guy winning somehow finding a way to win well yeah. it didn't didn't work out that way a lot of times yeah you know? just so, just that you'd be feeling right. like you're rocky you just battle right. back right and i you know it was just it was i you know it, it a lot of painful lessons, a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, if my boy ever decides he wants to do it, I think I'll be able to, uh, to, to direct him a lot better because the biggest flaw that I had is I, I didn't have the proper management, you know? And yeah. Was, nobody to guide you. Yeah, that was it. I had, I had my father who tried to do it, but the problem with that was, is, you know, my, my dad, whenever they'd say, Hey, King Kong wants to fight your son. My dad, be, my boy can beat King Kong. Yeah. And he'd <laughs> tell me and sure. I'd be, you were damn right. I can. Dad. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of so. like a vicious cycle, right? right because right. Like, you want to like prove him right. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. So. Yeah, I think I was looking at your record. You had like 44, 45 fights. Yeah. yeah. I, I might have even like, had more than that. I'm sure yeah. you did. That was just professional yeah. like MMA. Yeah, they uh, they had uh, – well, as far as like even my pro MMA, I know there was a couple on there they didn't, they didn't, didn't even count. put on yeah. or didn't throw in. But yeah. I had a lot. I'd have to go through them all. But <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know. fought some, some definitely some a lot, a lot of notable names, a lot of big guys. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, mean, thanks. I mean, at the time, they were just probably just like dudes, right? Like everybody. Well, you or... always knew that they were really good. Yeah. But that was like, you know, again, that was that was just who I was. And like I said, that anxiety, like if it was like I can remember my first tournament, uh, they called me up the Ironheart Crown and they were like, hey, you're going to fight two fights. It's a four-man tournament. You'll fight two fights in, in, in the tournament. Night. Yeah, in the single night. And they were like, uh, there's going to be you, uh, Jason Glabus, some brown belt from Brazil, I forget his name at the time, and then Shoney Carter. Okay. Well, I was like, all right, I went in on this tournament, but on one, one uh, condition. And they were like, what? I said, I want Choney first. I said, okay, you can <laughs> this have This is when it. he was like the baddest yeah. man around. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was when Choney was just, you know, nails and the biggest up-and-comer. Yeah. And so I got Choney first, and, uh, you know, and that was, again, it was just like I didn't – because had they given me somebody else, I probably would have lost to Choney that night because my the way my mind worked. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't even been concentrated on who I was fighting. I would have been worried about Him. the baddest guy. You know, yeah. I would have been worried about Choney. 
and and I beat him. Uh, I beat him in an overtime that night, and that, you know it was a good fight. I beat him in an overtime, and then I went on and I fought uh, uh, that Jason Glavis, and I beat him. So I won the thing that yeah. night. It was pretty pretty good tournament, you know. Yeah. How'd you feel that second fight? I've always wondered, like, what's it feel like going into you know the second or even third fight in a night? You know. What you, I mean? you know, it's kind of like it's it's. It's not a great feeling because, you know, you, <laughs> you just, just had a yeah, fight. Right. I, not only did I have a three-round fight, I had a four-round because we went into an overtime. Right. Yeah, that's a war. And then this guy that I fought, he had beaten that – he beat that brown belt in, like, the first round so at fresh. some point. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, crap, you know, and you only had, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And then it was like, all right, back out. So yeah. it wasn't a good feeling. The, the only thing I would say that is kind of good is at that point you're already banged up. You're already kind of loose so that the nerves yeah. aren't there nearly as much at all. You yeah. Know, which is kind of time like – just like when you go spar, you know, your first roll is always your toughest, but your second roll, you're kind of warmed up and yeah, ready you're to go loose, and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, I can imagine that um, maybe <laughs> if, if your turnaround is only 10 or 15 minutes, that might help because yeah. usually about like 20 or for 30 minutes for sure. Like yeah, at, you cool down. Yeah, you stuff, cool down, right? man, and then like all, all, everything that hurts will start. Like Yeah, there was uh, the guy's name was Eric Moon. He used to be pretty uh pretty big deal as far as putting fights on back in the day. I'm not sure what he does now. I think he's a doctor last time i saw him but, <laughs> but he had a pretty good program you know he he scheduled that tournament he had other fights on there and then he scheduled that tournament where we weren't waiting around because yeah. like you said had you been waiting a half hour 40 minutes each fighter probably would have been cold there probably but would have been people pulling out yeah i mean well all your adrenaline starts wearing off right. and just things just start right. hurting i can remember after a fight one time a couple of different fights actually where mm -hmm. i just ate a lot of leg kicks and i didn't check them yeah. and then like before I know it, like, I can barely fucking walk. It's like, why do my knees just hurt so right? <laughs> I just got kicked for 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, right, man. Right, right. So no. was that was that tournament local, or where was that at? That one was in uh, Chicago, I okay. think. We're, we're going back to the 90s when I yeah. this. So yeah, so you tr did you travel Chicago. all over during that time? Yeah, man. I was. Uh, yeah, that was uh, one cool thing about fighting is it, it got me to – see the world you know i mean I, I i fought all over the entire united states uh fought in japan i fought in costa rica fought in canada fought in russia yeah so it, that was pretty cool yeah. fought masvidal in russia actually <laughs> dude, yeah. that's all dude you have been all over and just you've stepped in there with some of the best right nice. and you've, you've actually had quite a few accomplishments you like during the time did it seem like a big deal to you at all or like do you ever like no because uh, think about the accomplishments that you've had no it was uh it was one of those things like during the time like i would go and i'd fight this guy and they would you know, like you gotta, you gotta understand. Like back when I started, I, I had Tito Ortiz's phone number in my phone, Chuck Liddell's phone number in my yeah. phone, Dana White's, and they were nobodies really. Even Dana White at that time, he had just gotten in in like 2001 or 2000, just got into the UFC, and I fought for the first time in the UFC in 2001. Man, we would hang out, eat together. Yeah, and, everybody's and, and new bullshit and, and, and it wasn't like we knew we were doing something but it was illegal in all but like 13 states and 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 you know you you just kind of didn't know how long it was going to last or whatever and plus like you know I was 
I think the very first time I fought for the UFC, I got $2,000 to show, $2,000 to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it just it wasn't great money. And all these fights, like that tournament that I told you, guess how much I won for winning the tournament? 500 bucks. 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I mean, that's two fights in one night, 500 bucks. I mean, here, here's some beer money, kid. Good yeah. job, you know. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, so it just, like, but unfortunately – I think about it a lot too. It's 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 really depressing because it, I just kind of think, man, I was just born ten years too early. If I'd have, yeah. if I'd have been born in '83 instead of '73, you know, maybe it would have been a different deal. But yeah, because you were, you know. I mean, right there at the infancy, and it's still a very young sport, right? right. But I mean, right. you were at the the very beginning, like the birth of the sport, right. you know, right. like when Absolutely. everything's still trying to get figured out. I mean, you probably right. fought sometimes to where, like, I mean, well, for sure you did. Like, there weren't probably, like, rounds or times necessarily. Like, it was probably different yeah, well, from fight we to had, fight, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. I had, I had a couple of them where they were, like, 10-minute rounds right. whenever I came on. It wasn't, like – It wasn't, like, unified. When Yeah, when there was no sanctioning bodies. They did 10-minute rounds. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a matter of fact, when I fought Jeremy Horn, we did one 10-minute round, and I gave up. I weighed 189 pounds. He weighed 217. Rodrigo mm. was like, he said to the uh, promoter, which I love the promoter. Brian Madden was his name. He was a great guy. But he said to Brian, hey, you know, my guy's giving up 25 pounds here. Uh, if this goes the distance, then it's a draw. Mm. And Brian says, yeah, sure, sure. Well, I don't think Jeremy and them ever got that message because mm. – for, you know, when, when that fight ended and Jeremy and I were still there, if you went to the cards, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy beat me, you know, like if you went on there, but, but the deal was Brian had told us, Hey, it's going to be a draw. So Brian comes running in the ring, grabs the mic. He's like, who wants to go to overtime in the crowd? Ah, you know, goes nuts. So he's like, okay, another overtime. So we do an overtime. That goes the distance. Then uh, Brian comes running in. Who wants another overtime? Oh. And, and, and Jeremy's like, no, I'm <laughs> fighting tomorrow night. We're going to the cards. That's it. You know. So, so uh, Brian takes the mic, and, uh, and he's like, this fight's a draw. And he passes the belt over to Horn, you know. So, so it was on my record for a long time as a draw, but then I think Monty Cox got it switched over to a loss. Oh, really? There. Yeah. Whoa. So Yeah, man. He's had now he's had a lot of fights. Jeremy, Jeremy Hall. Oh yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Is, does he yeah. still fight, do you know? No, I don't think he still fights. Uh I, I'm friends with him on Facebook and I seen some of his stuff on there. I think he's got a gym in Utah. Yeah. And he does that. And uh last time last time I actually talked to him, I think I I went up when Hughes had his gym open. Uh, I went up there and Jeremy was there and we wrestled and stuff up there. Yeah. And I talked to him there, but that was, you know, seven years ago, mm. six years ago. Yeah, so. no, that dude's a crafty vet, man. Yeah, it's yeah, he's solid. Good. Been grappling good for guy. so long. Very weird style, too. It's it's funny. Like, he doesn't really even feel that strong when you're rolling with him, but yeah. like, he, he's just able to get out of stuff and yeah. wheel around. I wrestled with a guy like that. You probably, yeah. you know, Matt Colley? Matt Cowley, I'm sure I do. Oh. I'm better with faces. He's he's from around here. Um, yeah. you, and you might not, but he um he was a national champion at Lindawood. Yeah. And uh, man, I can remember wrestling with him, and like you you would just like lock up with him, and mm -hmm. it didn't feel like he was using any strength on right. you. But he would just like 
get these angles and get these positions. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's like, what are you doing <laughs> right now? Oh. It's like, I feel like I'm stronger than you. How are you over there? I yeah, man. Those guys are something else, yeah. man. Now, you, I mean, we talked about the UFC, but you were on UFC, I think you looked up 37 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and you were the first aired yeah. um, MMA fight. In like yeah, in, me, and, me and Robbie. Yeah, in U.S. history. Like, yeah. Man, did yeah, you know you're gonna be t on tel on TV that night? Like, well, did you understand like the significance? It was, it was funny because I went. Let's see, I I had fought in 2001. I lost, and I thought, well, that's it. UFC, they sign you to a three fight contract. Then I get a letter that says, hey, due to such such and such clause of the contract, we're gonna release you. I was like, shit. All right. Well, so then they gave me another shot in Louisiana. I ended up getting a no contest against Benji Raddick. Okay. And I thought, man, here, I screwed it up again. So I just, I was drinking on weekends and roofing and all that. And I'm sitting on that roof and who calls but my dad. And he's like, guess what? I was like, what? He's like, I got you a fight in the UFC. You're fighting in two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> what and he's like and, you know here i am i was like 205 pounds out of shape you yeah. know and and i was like no kidding who are you fighting some kid named robbie lawler <laughs> i was like really I, all right and he's like out of yeah he's like uh joe silva's sending a tape and you know you can watch it and i was like okay you know i mean when the big show, call, show calls how do you say no you know right. so i just tried to Bust ass for that week, and then uh, they they fly you out a week beforehand. So I went out there, and uh, you know the rest is history. I did all right in the first round, but the second round he caught me with that right hook. Yeah, and, uh, that was it. What weight class was that at? One seventy. One seventy. So were you just you're just focused on losing weight at that point? I mean, yeah, I tried. I you know I I cut a shit ton of weight. Yeah. You know, which flab and all that jazz, but but I cut a bunch of weight and. Uh, got myself down and at you know I, I i've i've always been very gritty and i've always been able to when i one one of my biggest strengths i think is whenever that that feeling in you is quit i can keep hanging on you know i've just always noticed and i can hang on longer than the guy that i'm wrestling yeah I, i've always my entire cr wrestling career just put that in my head i know i can hang on can you and and i'll push 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 till i feel him wilt and then oh, okay all right, is that where know. your nickname came from the red nose bulldog <laughs> no you know i did that's, there's no good story to that i remember i was uh i was probably uh uh fourth fight or so and i walked up into hook and shoot and they were like what's your name what's your nickname? I was like, I don't have one. And I had just bought a red nose pit bull puppy. Oh, okay. And they were like, well, you got to have a nickname. What is it? And I was like, red nose pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to, after I did that, you know, like it was funny. My dad would give me shit. He's like, oh, that's a dumb nickname. I was like, hey, it was a spur of the moment, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try and shorten it to red nose. And then <laughs> My old man would give me shit all the time. He'd be like, oh, everybody thinks you're a drunk. You know, you're a red nose. <laughs> Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's like uh, the, the the older generation slur for a drunk okay. is a red nose or whatever. Okay. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go back to the red nose pit bull. You know, I was like, I didn't want to change it up since I'd already listed it. That's funny. That's funny. Do you wish you would have chose a different name? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that all the time, but, you know. 
So just it is just what it is. is. Yeah, I mean, I it's not anything I lose any sleep oh, yeah. over. But I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, if I go back, I would have put a little more thought into yeah. it and done something cool. They say you're supposed to be given your nickname. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I was given a few, but I didn't like them. Uh, that that promoter I was telling you, Brian Madden, he yeah. was like, oh, "I've called you the boa constrictor." I was like, "No, no, no you're not. I don't no. want that. I don't like that." You know? Yeah, I don't like that one either. I'm not a snake. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So. I chose my nickname. I don't know. I, I definitely broke the rules. I when I yeah. chose, I chose the professor. But I was like, the professor. Well, no, like no one's arguing against me. So that's it, cool. I like it. It yeah, works. That's a, that's a real good one. Joe Cunliffe. Uh, he used to fight for or write for uh, uh, Full Contact Fighter. He gave me the nickname Timex. Timex. Uh, yeah, because takes a licking but keeps on ticking. <laughs> I, I I like that, but uh, I never did run with it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's cool, but I want to be known for more than taking a licking, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so like when you were coming up, like was it's very much so a part of the game now, where like, um, you know, fighters like they're getting sponsors and they're they're making T-shirts and they're making banners. Like, mm-hmm. was that was that like a part of the game when you were coming up, or like? No, man, it was it was yeah, it was really rough. I mean, like when I was fighting, like you didn't. Uh, there was many a times when I thought, well, you know, especially because I got in on it. I had my first pro fight at 24, and I I you know I started doing that judo and stuff. I guess around 21, I uh hit Rodrigo at 23 and so it was kind of like 24 here I hit my first pro fight and then I started running with it there well you know it was kind of one of those things where I would go to people and say hey I'm fighting well what kind of fighting are you a boxer no well I'm more kind of like a grappler MMA jiu-jitsu type guy like likely at pro wrestling Hulk Hogan's no not that either, you know. Yeah. And it was constantly, you know, every once in a blue moon, you would run into somebody like yourself or myself that kind of knew it. Yeah. And so you would talk to them and, oh yeah, I saw that pay per view and blah blah blah. But, but it was real frustrating. And as far as like trying to get anybody to give you money or anything like that, you you couldn't do it. Yeah. Nobody uh, understood. No. And it was probably, I remember it was real cool because like I was telling you earlier, like I was. I, I would sit and BS with Dana and, and all that stuff. And I can remember sitting and talking with him up when I went to my first UFC. And he was like, man, you remember when we were kids and you would go and you, you know, you come home from church and you'd flip on the TV and the, the pro wrestling deal would be on on Sunday morning and stuff. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you'd watch it and they'd be touting about the big WWF uh, pay-per-view that's coming up and stuff yeah and I was like yeah sure and he's like and you were all excited and you bought it and I was like yeah he's like that's what I want to do with MMA and sure enough in 2005 he did that ultimate fighter you know where everybody yeah got it and I stuff, loved that so. show that was definitely yeah. like one of the right. the things that sold me yeah. on the sport yeah. yeah yeah it was cool you know but it made it a household name and it was it wasn't until 2005 2006 whenever it really just started Right. Uh, being shown and broadcast all throughout the United States. Yeah. I think so. um, definitely modeling the sport after, like, pro wrestling as far as entertainment is concerned was, sure. a, was definitely a good move. Right. I, can, I can remember being a kid. I used to love watching, like, WCW and, like, right. WWF back in the right. day. Like, it was so like the promos were the best. Sure. Like when yeah, you're absolutely. a kid, you don't know it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. So um, were you a big wrestling fan growing up? 
Yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, I I never had any real love for it, but of course, like I would I would get entertained and I would go ahead and turn on buy some of the pay per views. You know, hell, Mike and I we were we were kids, so there was many a times where we'd watch Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and all oh, that, yeah. throw each other around and stuff. And you know, it was fun. But I think uh, I think I liked, and I think he did too, like the more the real stuff, because even you know we were probably. 12 13 around that time and, and I yeah think we knew it was fake you know so it's yeah real stuff just was, wasn't this yeah. wasn't your stuff yeah, huh? it wasn't you know i mean it was entertaining it was fun to watch the big guys throwing each other around but it just you know you knew it was fake you yeah it wasn't you know yeah so the more and more like i travel and i meet people like you just start realizing like we're all just people like everybody's right. just a person you know some right. people kind of have more I mean, they're more famous, like they just have more followers, sure. whatever the right. case may be. But at the end of the day, they're just a person. Right. Um, but, is I mean, is there anybody that you've met, like, over the years that you were just like, holy shit, man, like, that was really cool to meet that person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, all, all in all, like, you know, whenever you sit there and, like, even just being, I feel blessed being able to say, yeah, you know, I knew Dana when he was just like you yeah. or me, you know, or or, you know, like, it, it was cool when I took Heatherly up to the UFC when he made it, uh, when we walked in there and Dana came out. And, you know, here I knew at that point I'm talking to a multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just this big wig who's been famous and on all the television stuff. And it was just kind of cool to reminisce with him a little and mm-hmm. and talk. You know, even though it was just a short time, it was kind of neat. Right, so. yeah, because there's that common connection and shared sure. experience, right? Sure, right. Was it, was it uh, what was the experience like being back in the UFC, like, after all those years and, like, now as a coach and cornerman? Like, was it? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it was fun, obviously. You know, I liked. I liked being back there. Of course, you always have the the man. I wish I would have made it. And, yeah. And, and you know, you always got those things in your head type deal. Like, uh, you know, if I'd have done this, if I'd have that, you can you could kill yourself thinking of all that type stuff. For you know? sure, I can drive you crazy. But right, absolutely. But you know, it was it was cool to just be back there. My blood was flowing. You know, and uh, you know, it was just fun watching him step in the cage and yeah, and and being on the outside of it. You know, versus being in it too. You know, it was kind yeah. Of neat, I so. like not uh, being. Well, it's kind of a catch twenty two because like you tend to get a little bit more stressed mm-hmm. for people whenever they're fighting. You're not oh, fighting. At least I find I do. Cause I do. Too. You don't have that same control, right. right? Like whenever you're fighting, you're usually pretty calm. Yeah. But right. on that same note, there there are still those nerves of like fighting. It's just like a different type of nerve, though, because it's like a nerve that you wake up with. You know what I mean? Because like when you're cornering somebody, like I don't wake up like nervous because I'm cornering somebody. Right. It's like whenever I get there and like now we're in the environment, and I know right. like it's go time, like we're well, serious. I start yeah. getting nervous. But like as a fighter, like I wake up and it's like I'm not really nervous, but like I'm just thinking about this <laughs> impending event that I'm right. waiting all day for now. Right. Like, um, do you ever feel those differences or like, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, a- again, you know, I say I had that terrible anxiety. So for me, when I was fighting, man, it would just like, I can just remember, man, I'd just lock myself in my hotel room and oh, yeah. I'd just be like, well, I'm not even going to work out too much this week. Cause I don't want to, you know, I just stupid ideas would go through your head type deal. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, it was just more, instead of realizing 
what a great opportunity it was, what fun it was just going out there. I think I shut myself down a lot in, in those type deals. And then I remember uh, when I took Pat Healy, was, uh, he was my student for the longest time, and we, he got into the UFC. And yeah. so I went to corner him, and I remember just kind of like what you were saying. You know, I was like, oh, man, that was like the first time I was there, and I – I wasn't fighting or anything, and so I was like, this is great. You know, I'm not nervous, and I just got to corner him. And then as we were walking down the aisle, I just remember feeling like I was going to throw up. Like, <laughs> man, why, what the hell? I'm not fighting. Why is this yeah, man. hitting me? And it just kind of <laughs> started to realize, like, oh, man, yeah. I'm really nervous for him, you know. And it's definitely so, a different type of nerve. Yeah. For sure. Right. Without um, a doubt. Fighting is so unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> like, what we, like, you sign on the dotted line, you're waiting all day, like, you know this person that you're going to fight, you know roughly uh -huh. when, and, right. I mean, I'm sure you experienced it countless times, like, you're waiting the whole day, and then, like, the fight card starts, and then, like, you're one of the last fights, and then you're not fighting until, like, 10 30 11 o'clock yeah. there's times yeah. i fought at midnight Sleep, right. before like get all sleepy and stuff sure dude yeah. it's crazy stuff man yeah now um is there any place that um that like really sticks out that you travel to like you know what i mean like just in the world like what's that spot that my just, like man favorite place had to be costa rica yeah. i mean it was not only was it heaven i mean it was just nice you know that calvin air ran that bodog fight and that guy at the time was, like, number 37 on the richest men in the world. So oh. when we got down there, they basically uh, rented out half of an entire vacation resort. Each fighter in his corner were given their own cabin. So you had your own little vacation resort cabin, and, you know, it's a, they were filming a reality show, so they got you there, like, two weeks before. Oh, okay. So That's a cool experience. Yeah, and you had carte blanche to anything and everything you know obviously i was fighting so i couldn't be hitting the buffet but yeah. but the way he excuse me the way he did it he had like 66 fighters out there because he had it scheduled for three days of fights mm. and i just got lucky enough that i fell on the first day of fighting too so i did yeah. have a couple days that i was able to party and drink and yeah, everything it's after a vacation my fight. at that point <laughs> yeah absolutely but uh but for the two weeks before man it was just you talk about being in paradise and i i brought pat with me as my corner on that and we just we had a great time it was uh yeah really a neat neat ordeal so. yeah you know dude that's that's honestly so like growing up i never really traveled um right. i don't even think i left the state of missouri the first time i can remember leaving the state of missouri i was uh I think I was 16. Like I was going, yeah. I was going into uh -huh. like my junior year of high school, and it was for a wrestling camp. That's the first oh, time cool. I ever left Missouri. Yeah. So like, whenever I started fighting, it was a part of like I wanted to travel the world, yeah. and like, yeah. and like it, that was that wasn't anything that like I ever really did with fighting. To be honest, like, I traveled a few places, but like not like around the world, like Costa sure. Rica or like we have a guy, you know, Kirk Huff. Like yeah, yeah, you know, he traveled. Yeah. He traveled to I think Colombia and a few different oh, cool. places, nice. and like. I just know all these guys who travel all over the world, so like I'm just always interested in like. Ah, uh, you like, were a good dude, fighter. Like, I'm surprised out. you didn't get a didn't get a couple of those opportunities. I had a do. couple. You know, I had I did actually did have an opportunity to um, fight in uh, Israel in Tel Aviv for oh, Bellator. Nice. So mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say like they never came. Right. Um, when that one came, they, man, I didn't have my passport yet, mm. and they're like, "Oh, you gotta have your passport to sign the contract," yeah. which was ironic because um, I actually just applied for my passport uh -huh. so like it was on its way within like i right. had it like two weeks later right so it kind of sucked but like the opportunities came and um 
they were there and some of it was like so as i was coming up as a fighter i mean i mean i had like two kids and i I probably maybe use that as an excuse maybe more than i should have i don't know but yeah. i definitely didn't um i didn't like travel a whole lot because i was just focused on just trying to like handle my business and life yeah. if that makes sense right it's hard to travel with kids i don't know if that's yeah. just an excuse uh, absolutely no i don't think it's an excuse at all like uh like i said there's we we all got our own hard luck tales to tell and it's oh, yeah. one of those one of those things where when you when you're got kids they come first you know above your dreams above your fights yeah everything, you know so yeah it's yeah that's i can understand it 100 percent. yeah i definitely try to do both at once but now that they're older so um my son will be 11 and my daughter will be nine nice. so like they're getting older and like now i'm doing a whole lot more traveling so nice. it's just put it on hold on the front end so i didn't travel a lot with sure. like fighting but um, there's definitely a whole lot of that in the future. Well, and here I'll I'll be honest with you. Traveling for fighting, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It, it's, yeah, it's cool that you can say, yeah, I want this place and I want that place. But a lot of times you see the inside of a hotel room. Yeah, you fight. You may you know if you win the fight. You may go out and see the nightlife for a little bit, and then you're usually on a plane at 7 a.m. the next morning to head <laughs> yeah. back. So. That's what I've learned, especially, yeah. like, talking to, um, like, competitors like yourself. Uh -huh. Or, like, I had Sammy Henson on. Oh, cool. Um, and just, like, or just different people. Um, they travel all over the world, and but it's always for, like, this specific competition. Right. And then, like, how often are you really, like, enjoying that moment? Because, right. like, it's all, like, eaten up by, like, the competition. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. I can't really remember too many fight days, to be honest with you. Like, all the events surrounding the fight, like, you can kind yeah. of remember them, but right. it's all surrounded that. Uh, well, you're so, you know, that adrenaline. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it, it'll mask your memory, you know. It really I mean, will. It just, it's, 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 it's a tough thing, you know. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing in a sense, but, but yeah. it's tough, and you definitely got to get a hold of it, you know. Was it the hard transition moving from, from being, like, the fighter to the coach? Yeah, you know, because I, I think, uh, you know, I, again, th that's my anxiety and stuff. And I, here I was, I think I was 32. I had a son. I just found out I was having a son on the way. And I was thinking, man, here I am. I'm roofing. You know, I'm, I'm not doing, I had just kind of, I had lost in the UFC. And I was like, this was my dream. This is what I had planned out that I was going to do to pay the bills. Now I'm back roofing. I got this kid coming up and, you know, my ex-wife uh, at the time, she had all these lists of demands that she wanted, you know, and yeah. notice I say list of demands, you know, but it's a challenge it's going just, through that. Right, right. And, you know, so it was kind of like one of those things where I was really stressed and I was really thinking, okay. You know, and I had my dad in my ear telling me, you know, you need to open your own deal, you know, you know, so I, 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 took a shot and I went for it and uh, and I opened it and I think by doing that I kind of uh, uh, lessened my chances too of making it uh, where I wanted to be like as a fighter know, or as a fighter oh yeah because for sure you know like it's it's one of those things where I I was very arrogant in the fact too that I always thought I could do it all you know I can I can be a husband I can be a dad I can be a fighter and I can work an eight-hour job every day well no you know something it, gave so, huh? yeah you've got to give up you yeah know, it's it's some something's got to give you know because there's only so many hours in the day and yeah. no matter how tough you are you always start to break down and 
It's tough. So, yeah, I've definitely right. tried to do that. Right. And I got divorced. Doesn't really like, <laughs> like right. I under, like it yeah. just it just doesn't work. It's hard. Like you can't really like be, um, like somebody like you can't really, like be there for somebody. And whenever you're like you're trying to, or like and maybe in the way that they need when you're like when you have to like give everything to the sport and like to right. your, like your goal because right. it's a very selfish endeavor. Sure. You know what I mean? Without At the end of doubt. the day, you know. Without a doubt. I mean, you got to worry about your rest and getting. You know, mm -hmm. you're trying to work and provide for the kids and be a dad, but like you still want to go and compete and train right. and do everything that you got to do. It's like man, it's a hard line to walk. Right. Without a doubt. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So you so you opened the gym and these kind of felt like. Like well, I opened the gym, and my gym was, you know, I I had uh, went in with Finney, and I rented a room out out of St. Louis work out there. Okay. And you know, we had man, we had a snake pit in there. I mean, we had some some solid solid guys, and I mean, good good roles and the whole bit. But then again, you know, I mean, it was tough. I had uh, I had started living beyond my means i think i bought like a two hundred sixty-five thousand dollar house at the time yeah. you know and you know and and i was uh, i think we went on like two vacations i i was living like i was uh, you know rich yeah and, and i certainly wasn't you know i mean i was making good money but instead of being smart and maybe sticking it back in the business or, or investing it in something or i was just spend 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 like this yeah. money's going to be here forever and then whenever you start losing and your contracts start getting cut, you yeah, know, it's like, oh, I still got all these bills that are <laughs> coming. <laughs> you know, I, I, I yeah, didn't really man. think this through. You know, so happens all the time but, in business. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so. I just know for me, like, because I just recently started. So since I stopped fighting two years ago, mm -hmm. I definitely went like full, like I went head first into like jujitsu and like coaching jujitsu right. and. Um, I still I teach like a little bit of striking, and, um, so I started working with uh, Sammy Henson's son, Jackson Henson. Nice. Um, he just had his uh, first fight like a month or two ago, and um, real good win. He has his next fight coming up. He's just gonna be like a young savage. So nice. I'm doing like a little bit of coaching there, but the biggest transition for me was like going from like a competitor to like f like coaching jujitsu like most right. of the time, and I just noticed. Um, it took me a real long time to like get to a place mentally to where I could coach people because my whole approach to like jujitsu or just training was all about like me and like how I can get sure. better and what can I get out of it. Right. So right. I just didn't know like what that transition was like was like for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think a lot of it. Uh, whenever I opened that gym, I had in my head okay because you know I had been training with Odrigo, and at that time Odrigo was mostly gi. You know, yeah. and he kind of pushed the MMA pro program uh, more off on me, you know, because I was the guy who really wanted to do it in a whole bit. So, you know, we we kind of me and Dustin Sievers, we we decided we'd come up with this grapple boxing, and of course we had Mike and Todd and Hal and a bunch of these guys who would jump in, and Brian Gidry, they'd all jump in with us too but but me and dustin were consistently we you know dustin was my main training partner we'd meet up and just knock the shit out of each other for <laughs> 15 <laughs> rounds you know and that was our training we were Good nuts times. you know yeah yeah and that's a uh, that's why uh that's why i'm slipping all the time in my head because i took so many damn shots you yeah. know <laughs> but uh but it's kind of one of those things where you know, we'd knock the piss out of each other. We'd meet up, uh, you know, consistently do that. And then I would try and get the, the no-gi class going and stuff. But it was tough because, 
after Dustin and I would meet up and do our sparring, then we'd put the gi on, we'd roll for a while, and then you, hey, you want to stick around? You want to roll some no gi? A lot of people didn't want to. They were already tired from gi, and yeah. fighting wasn't their thing. You know, they were going places. And, you know, of course, uh, uh, some of the other guys, if they had fights coming up, they would stick around and stuff. But, And, you know, it was tough for me, too, because uh, rolling no gi with Dustin, Dustin was a weight class below me. So, yeah. you know, that was that made it a little more difficult too. Uh, whenever I'd go and fight somebody in my weight class, you know, because yeah. I wasn't used to to that strength. But yeah. luckily, I had so much work with uh, all the good guys in gi that it it didn't factor me too much. You know? Yeah, man, you were coming up with um, just a very strong group of grapplers. Oh, uh, without I th- a doubt. I think almost all of you guys are still like grappling in some form or fashion right. from that original right. group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think me and Mike came up uh well todd fox was there first he had been there about six months before i got there then i came then when mike got out of college i told him hey you need to come up here and check this out so he came up then hal strolled in a few months later right a few months after that gidry strolled in and a couple years after that tracy came in you know so it was it was a pretty good crew, you know. We had we had solid group. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned something. Um, you, you mentioned you know taking the headshots in like your brain, yeah. and we mentioned we we kind of briefly. I said something about it beforehand. Like I I worried about like a lot about yeah. my brain with fighting. Right. Have yeah. you done any like research on um, like no. CBD or like anything like that? Well, my, you, you know my wife's my wife's brother. He's uh he's really big into CBD and yeah. all that stuff so you know he's giving me some stuff and this and that and if you talk to my wife she'll tell you that i'm brain damaged beyond <laughs> belief you know so but but we you fucking know, all are dude right right shots. well and that's i just tell her i'm like hell you, you know you can ask any of my old friends ask rogers i've been spacey since day one so <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't really think that the uh the the shots to the head did anything you yeah know? Yeah, I I just I've done so much research. So like I do the CBD, and then I also I found out that um, creatine creatine yeah. is good for your brain. Oh really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, and they, they actually did a study on that good. back in like '93. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of the oldest Bill and safest. Bill Phillips and all them back the EAS. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was one of the original yeah. fucking uh, brands of it. Yeah. yeah, EAS. Yeah. Are they even uh-huh. still around anymore? I wonder. I think they sold off. Uh, yeah. But, but I remember being like, man, I. I had these big tubs of phosphagene, it was called. It was Bill Phillips' uh, yeah. EAS first product, and we used to take that. And yeah. Oh, boy, we smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to work at supplement superstores back in, mm-hmm. uh, like, 2009, 2010. They yeah. still had EAS, EAS products. So. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's also this mushroom called uh, lion's mane. I've been hearing about that. I haven't taken it, but I but I have heard yeah. it's supposed to be real good. It's also good for the brain, yeah, right. good for memory and mm-hmm. different things. And um, I have a powder in there that I use, and sometimes I mix it with my coffee or, like, last night I made tacos, and I just put it, like, in the ground beef. Really? I just try to do things like that. Just any good. little thing. The best thing you can do for your brain is sleep. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. Right, right. I was... I was terrible about that when I was in my 20s, too. I yeah. was constantly a four-hour-a-night guy. Oh, really? Up. Yeah, was Burning the candles at both ends. Huh? Oh, it was terrible. And it wasn't like I was working. You know, I, I would just I would get home from rolling, and I always stayed later. So by the time I'd leave the gym, it'd be like 9.30. Yeah. Come home, I'd shower, and I'm 
slow, but you know, I'm just slow by nature, you know. So I <laughs> shower and I take a long shower and then I come out and I'd make my dinner yeah. and then I'd, you know, finally crawl into bed and it'd be like 11:30 and I'd be like, "Oh man, I, you know, I roofed all day and then I went and I trained and now I want some time to relax." So I'd start watching some TV and then I'd yep. just pass out and burn my alarm be going off i feel like somebody just ran over me you know yeah it's a vicious cycle yeah because yeah. you want that unwind time yeah right? like, you want that time to just relax a little you know? yeah yeah because so. i mean your body's still like awake from training right yeah right. yeah i try not to train as late anymore these days mm -hmm. because I, I did that so often sure. with, with fighting just like you know like the late nights the two right. or three days like you wake up in the morning right. you run or then you go do do late night training mm -hmm. or countless times you get out of there and it's just like i leave my house in the morning and whatever time it was let's just say it's like six thirty. i leave the house and then i get home and it's probably like seven thirty, eight o'clock and it's right. just like been gone all day been running. yeah we used to i remember our class was seven seven to eight was the roll session you'd always stick around a little and i can i can remember mike was always real good about like you know when eight o'clock came man he was just up in the back room change out the door yeah me i just always been gabby by nature so I'll, <laughs> I'll sit i'll roll on the mat with whoever wants to and then afterwards anybody wants to talk so the next thing you know it's 9 9 15 9 30 yeah and then, you know i'm finally leaving you know but <laughs> <laughs> just take your time so, yeah and i just always yeah so. you get any rolls much these days or you know a little bit uh i I uh, went down and, you know, my son, forever, his mom and his grandma were telling him, don't fight, it's bad, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it was like, just break my heart because I was like, holy crap, you know, this is about the only good thing I could teach you, you know. And he, <laughs> he uh, you know, I was thinking in my head, crap, he just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. He was like, Dad, what's a good movie? What's one that you like? And I was just like, you know, I one of my favorite movies was always Rocky. And, he, and I was expecting him to shoot it down. He's like, all right, let's watch it. So I put in Rocky, and we watched it. And uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, he goes. His mom comes, picks him up later on that night, takes him. And the next day, he calls me. He's like, Dad, I don't want you to make a big deal out of this, but I think I want a box. I was like, okay, champ, sounds great. You know, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll get you set up. Well, Kevin Hahn's gym was like, you know, six, seven minutes from my house. Yeah. So I was like, man, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, I, I had my gym for almost 12 years, you know, and like I'd work all day and then drive to that gym, wait around for the, the time for it to open, then it would – go and then again you know i'd do that routine where i wasn't getting home till 9 9 15 yeah. every night and i was like man the last thing i want to do is drive to another gym that's 30 minutes away and then drive 30 minutes back you know it just yeah. eats all your time up so i was i i was like well let's go check this out so we went down to kevin's and he took the boxing class and i was like how'd you like it and he's like oh i loved it and so you know, I said something to Kevin like, hey, you know, my kid really likes this. What are you charging stuff? And he's like, you know, maybe we can work something out. And so I was like, all right, well, here, these are my free days. I got Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I just started coaching jujitsu on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 5 to 7 at his place. And my boy gets to oh, nice. train there. And, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty nice deal. Yeah. So, well, Kevin has a nice yeah. facility. Yeah, he really does. Really does. Yeah. I was impressed when I walked in and saw it. Yeah, so. I haven't been in it, but I—I I mean, I've seen all the pictures, like right. you know, as he was putting yeah. it up and what and whatnot, and 
Yeah, he's got uh, two huge rolling areas. He's got a cage, uh, uh, got a little workout area with dumbbells and bag rack yeah. and all that. And he's got real nice uh, 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 locker rooms. And, That's you cool. Know, yeah, it's really a nice yeah. little setup. So, so everything you need, yep. you're, you're getting Absolutely. some rolls in a couple of days a week yeah. teaching. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. You know, it keeps me in the sport, and I get to stay in shape a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know go that route yeah and your son's learning boxing yeah yeah and he's (laughs) and then he uh he finally switched over uh he's learned a little mma and now as of last week he's like dad i think i'm gonna come into your class so we'll We'll i'm trying to handle handle this with kid gloves because uh you know nobody wants dad to teach him i found out yeah it's like they want other people to teach him but not dad yeah i I learned that as well um my ultimate goal like i really want my Mm -hmm. son to wrestle Right. Um, so, like, I introduced, I, I got him into jujitsu first. Like, I introduced him to that first because, like, jujitsu is just a little bit more like laid back, right, compared to wrestling. So, um, I think he's gonna start wrestling next year. So, I'm pretty excited oh, about awesome, that. Man. Yeah, but Good I got deal. both my kids in jujitsu. Yeah. My daughter didn't really have a choice to be honest. <laughs> She's not always the happiest, but I'm like, this is yeah. like a skill that you need to have in life. Right. Like, Absolutely, it's good. Just to be able to protect yourself. I've, my daughter, she's just a little pit bull with it. She's like, let's go. I want to go. Yeah. All right. Great. Great. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. she's still a little too young to really get the, the moves down and stuff. But I love her enthusiasm and her fire. Yeah. So you think she's going to be the fighter? I well, I don't know. I don't know. She's pretty much a princess, so I yeah. think she's she's high energy like her mom, and she's just wanting to always go and and do stuff and. But as far as like when it comes, I haven't actually had to wrestle anybody yet other than me, you know. So yeah. I, I don't know if once she gets a taste of that, she'll. Eh, I don't like this so much or not. We'll see. Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. So, um, man, I feel like I feel like I just saw you at a fight show. Not that was it. Maybe like two shamrock shows ago maybe were you cornered yeah, somebody probably was yeah i cornered uh justin langford yeah he, uh, that's what it was you know when i when i went down to kevin's that was one thing i told him i said here look man i don't want anything to do with the fight team you yeah know, i just i just want to come in teach some jujitsu and i you know I, I i've been to so many damn fight shows so many. since i started and and it's just giving up so many weekends and all that you know and i and even doing that schedule that i told you for you know 11 years of opening my own gym i missed a lot of my kids time because by the time i would get home you know they're getting ready to go to bed Mm -hmm. you know so i was just like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna shut this gym down i i guess my son was 10 at the time and my daughter was six and i was like i'm gonna shut it down and i'm just gonna try and concentrate on hanging out with the family and, and yeah. being there a little more and stuff and uh so so I did that and everything was going good the last thing I wanted to do was get involved in a deal where I, all right every weekend you got to be at this fight this yeah, fight that, that fight gets old. but Justin he was one of my guys who had been with me for eight or nine years so yeah when he asked me to corner him I said absolutely so yeah okay yeah I, was, I remember I was a little shocked to see you there cornered because yeah. I don't think I've seen you at any fights yeah. in a while right right so I just like I said I just every I'll pick and choose you know because obviously uh you know he's loyal as hell to me he's a good friend so I'd 
definitely am. If he asks, he wants me there, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesse, man, they're putting on some pretty good shows, man. Yeah, they, um, he really is. I have to say, I have to tip my hat to him. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, I Rocky, mean, uh, Rocky, as our relationship was over the years, uh, I, I will say he's doing a good job. So. Yeah, yeah. I definitely know there's probably been some ups and downs between yeah. some people around this sure. place, but as it stands today, I mean, they're pretty much like the big dogs in town. We don't. Yeah. Really, I remember there was a period there, man, where there was just so many fight shows mm -hmm. but like now i can only really think of like a couple in the area anymore yeah. these days yeah, there's not too many it's not know, too I many mean, just seemed like at, at some point everybody and their brother was, was yeah trying to throw one and it yeah. just got so saturated but uh but yeah finney's uh he stayed the course you know and then done well with it yeah yeah man dude so this has been an excellent conversation, Steve. Dude, hey, thanks, I want to be respectful of your time. I think we've been going for just over an hour, so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. But um, man, I want to leave the floor to you. So again, thank you. Um, is if is there anything that you'd like to uh, like plug or any sponsors or um, socials or if if there is anything you wanted to promo or plug or I'll, I'll uh, leave it to you. You know, nothing. Thank uh, yous or no, anything. Yeah, well. You know, I mean, there's 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 nothing that I can. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Here, uh, I've got uh, a, a good connection with Midwest Motorcycle and Gyrocycles. Uh, those that was where the two people. When you were asking me earlier about sponsors, mm -hmm. those were the two companies that were always in my corner from day one. So yeah, I'll definitely plug uh, Midwest Motorcycle, Gyrocycle, Ultima. Uh, great companies if you're in the bikes uh, you know exactly what i'm talking about uh but definitely look them up and uh you know hell i'm i'm at hans now on tuesdays and thursdays from five to seven so anybody wants to come up and roll or do some jujitsu you're more than welcome you know yeah, more than check you out. yeah yeah normally i'd just plug your gym but <laughs> yeah well it's closed it down it's done now you know? <laughs> <laughs> right on well hey dude steve thanks yeah. again man hey really thanks for having it. me man absolutely well everybody i'll see you next time all right, guys, thanks for listening to that podcast. If you are getting value out of the show, go and tell a friend. Um, leave, a leave a rating, leave a review, especially if you are an Apple podcast. And then, as always, uh, check out my buddy Justin Bricker, the Why Not podcast. He's dropping an episode a week, and he's sitting down with some interesting humans as well. So until next time, guys, bye.